0: Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of the series, Our Prayer. From the value and purpose of life to racial reconciliation, this series serves as a compass to our lives to reorient our hearts and minds around scripture, prayer, and the heart of God. Colossians chapter four, two through six. And I want to talk to you about the topic, Prayer Renewed. We are in a, we're starting a series this month called Our Prayer, where we spend uh, the month of January talking about renewing our minds and hearts and reorienting ourselves around what matters to God. And we start every year with this same message, because I think prayer is so important, and I want us to renew our minds and hearts around prayer. Next week, we're going to talk about the vision for 2021. Where is T-Church headed? What does God have in store for Transformation Church? And then uh, the week after that is Sanctity of Life Sunday. So we're going to talk about how God values life. But Sunday after that, we're going to talk about mission and how God values mission. And then the last Sunday of this month, we're going to talk about racial reconciliation. And as a matter of fact, a good new, good new friend of mine, um, David Bailey, will be here speaking that Sunday. It's going to be a phenomenal Sunday. I really, that's the last Sunday of this month. So I really hope you're here. Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer. With an alert mind and a thankful heart, pray for us, too, that God will give us as many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. Let your conversations be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. F.B. Meyer wrote a book called The Secret of Guidance, and he said, The great tragedy of life is not unanswered prayers, but unoffered prayers. Prayers. Instead of being something, prayer, instead of being something we do every day, like breathing or eating, you eat every day, don't you? I do. Can't you tell? Yes. I'm, I'm glad the holidays are over. But let me tell you, I ate really good. During, anybody else eat really good during the holidays? I did. Whew. We walk, we talk, but we take prayer and we almost put it up on the wall like the glass box that says, in case of emergency. And we wait until we're in crisis and then we smash the box. We do everything else daily, but then it seems like when it comes to prayer, it's something we only want to run into. Uh, Prayer seems to be associated with crisis. Uh, once heard a story about a, a pilot, new pilot, okay? Just got his pilot's license flying in a plane, okay? Little, little, little tiny plane. BG, where you at? BG, it was a little tiny plane. BG was a pilot. He flew all over the place, ain't you? You've you flown all over the place. Yeah, flew in the war. I mean, I mean, this. you talk to BG, man. He's got some great flying stories. Well, this pilot just got his license. And he says, uh, Pilot to tower, pilot to tower. I'm about 300 miles from the airport, 600 miles in the air, and I've run out of fuel. Can you give me any direction? I'm descending rapidly. Please advise over. Then he hears the radio crackle, and it says, Tower to pilot. And the dispatcher began to read, Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. <laughs> Prayer is for the most part an untapped resource, an unexplored continent where untold treasures remain to be unearthed. And just to, the, the very, what is very important for you to understand is you cannot really be a good Christian and not pray. You cannot really be a good Christian and not pray. So I want to look at four things this morning about prayer and what prayer should look like. Prayer is the pipeline of communication between God and his people, between God and those who love him. Do you love him? Yeah. Number one, pray with persistence. Look here in verse two, it says, devote, everybody say devote yourselves to prayer. In some versions it says, continue earnestly in prayer, or in the original language, it means it says continue steadfastly in prayer. The word translated continue steadfastly is actually translated one word. It can be translated persist in, adhere firmly to, remain devoted to, or to give unremitting care to. It's this picture of dedication. Of the 10 times this word is used in the New Testament, four of those times it was in reference to prayer. Um, Jesus, uh, well, in other words, persistent prayer is not an option for the Christian. Persistent prayer is not an option for you. It should be a characteristic of your walk with the Lord. Two of the most instructive parables I wrote down here Luke 18.1, Jesus says this. Jesus was persistent. He said in Luke 18.1, now he was telling them a parable to show them that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. Luke 11.9 says, uh, is where we find this promise. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be open to you. Each of those verbs are in the present tense, active voice and could be translated keep on asking, keep on seeking and keep on knocking, there's a persistence that should be marked in your prayers. Now, a lot of us will just give up. You ever pray for something and it just doesn't happen right away? Or it hadn't happened at all? Pray for restored relationships, someone to come to know the Lord, or whatever the case may be for you. Persistence can be hard in prayer. Some people just give up easy. They quit because they don't feel like praying. The joy is gone. The feeling is gone. But we know we're not supposed to live by feelings, right? What does the Bible say about the heart? Do you know what the Bible says about the heart? The heart is, the most, is, is more deceitful than all things and is desperately wicked. Your feelings will lie to you. George Muller, uh, really great prayer warrior, uh, made, said this. He said, it is a common temptation of Satan to make us give up the reading of the word and prayer when our enjoyment is gone, as if it were of no use to read the scriptures when we do not enjoy them, and as if it were no use to pray when we have no spirit of prayer. The truth is that in order to enjoy the word, we ought to continue to read it. And the way to obtain a spirit of prayer is to continue praying. The less we read the word of God, the less we desire it. Hear this, the less we pray, the less we desire to pray. We need to be persistent in prayer, number one. Number two, pray with passion. Verse two continues, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind. Paul here, an incredible prayer um, example, a guy who prays, he believes in prayer. He's saying to be vigilant and watchful, which means we should be persistent and passionate in our prayers. Jesus was passionate in his prayers. S.D. Gordon wrote a book, Quiet Talks on Prayer. He said, how much prayer meant to Jesus It was not only his regular habit, but his resort in every emergency, however slight or serious. When perplexed, he prayed. When hard-pressed by work, he prayed. When hungry for fellowship, he found it in prayer. He chose his associates and received his messages upon his knees. If tempted, he prayed. If criticized, he prayed. If fatigued in body and weary in spirit, he had recourse to his one unfailing habit of prayer. It didn't matter what was going on in Jesus' walk on this earth. His immediate diversion in all things was prayer. There was no emergency, no difficulty, no necessity, no temptation that would not yield to prayer. Let's look at it. Luke 3, 1, at his baptism, while he was praying, heaven opened. You remember this story? John the Baptist is baptizing Jesus and, and John, when he raises, you can almost picture, raises Jesus up out of the water from being baptized and the Bible says the sky opened and a dove came out of the sky. You remember this? Passionate prayer opens heaven. In Luke six twelve, before he called his disciples, he spent the whole night in prayer. Prayer, passionate prayer gives us direction. In Luke 929 at the transfiguration. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different and his clothing became white and gleaming. Passionate prayer enables us to experience the glory of the Father. And hear me, you will look different. You will respond different. Some of us respond in anger and fear and and aggression and anxiety. We respond this way because we are not spending time with the one who can cure all of that. God is not anxious. God is not depressed. God is not angry. God is not uncertain. You will be what you hang around. Okay, let's go home you will be what you hang around and the more you spend time and passionate prayer with the Lord it will reshape how you operate you will look different you don't like the way your walk looks you don't like the way your Christian walk is looking you're not spending enough time with the Lord and that is not on your preacher or your small group leader that's on you In John 17, his high priestly prayer, passionate prayer, impacts the lives of others. Matthew 26, 39, at the Garden of Gethsemane, it's only through passionate prayer that we can pour out our hearts to God. In Luke 23, 24, he hung on the cross, even in his death, he uttered a prayer, a life lived in passionate prayer will enable us to maintain that spirit even in the most difficult of circumstances. Jesus always prayed with passion because he knew who he was talking to. And I think some of you, your prayer life looks a little weak and unfaith-filled because you have forgotten who God is. You have forgotten who you're talking to. And I I think there is a posture of prayer that that will rain down God's comfort and peace and direction in your life. And there's a type of prayer that is cold and box-checking. And just so you can utter the words and say, you said a prayer today. I think there's a type of prayer that is self-seeking and not God-honoring. Matthew 6, 7, at the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus teaches us how to pray. You've heard the prayer, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be. You've heard this prayer. Before he taught them how to pray, you know what he said? Matthew 6, 7. When you pray, do not use meaningless uh, repetition as the Gentiles do. Your motives matter your motives matter James 5:16 the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much or woman you should be persistent in prayer you should be passionate in your prayers number 3 pray with thankfulness paul in all his writings, if you, he wrote three-fourths of the New Testament. Okay, Paul, in all of his writings, never fails to mention thankfulness. All of it. Ephesians 5.20 tells us that thanksgiving is the natural result of being filled with and walking under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You know what should be a marker of the Christian life, who, the Christian who's actively walking with God? A spirit of thankfulness in everything you say. First Thessalonians 5.18 tells us that giving thanks at all times is God's will for us in Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.17 says that as believers, everything we say or do should be done in the name of Lord Jesus as we give thanks to him. And 1 Timothy 4.4 4 says the food that food and marriage are good things given to us by God and are to be received with thanksgiving and gratitude. Expressing gratitude in our prayers should, all our prayers should be marked by it. If you go through a prayer and you have not yet given God thanks Your prayer is missing something. It's missing something. Let let me tell you what it does. It does several things, but it articulates our dependence on him. You know what giving thanks does? It means it, it wasn't your doing. It was his. So giving thanks drives us towards dependence on him. It demonstrates relationship. It communicates gratitude and a proper attitude, and it generates, because we're being dependent on him, it generates humility. Pray with persistence, pray with passion, pray with thanksgiving. And then last, lastly here, pray making intercession. For those that don't know, intercessory prayer is praying for others. As a matter of fact, I have, this is, this is my prayer book. Keep it with me. Keep it in my office most of the time. Inside the very front page of my prayer book here, I call it the book of intercession, but First Timothy 2.1 says, first of all, I urge you that supplications, prayers, and intercessions be made for all people. Ephesians 6.18, praying at all times in the spirit with prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all saints. Psalms 106.23, Therefore he said he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. You know what that story is? God told Moses he was going to, to destroy Israel. He was sick of them. Fed up. Side note, you know who I don't want to irritate? The God of all creation. The God who speaks things into existence. Not a guy I want to get on his bad side, okay? Moses, hearing this from God, hit his knees in intercession. Scripture said it right here. Had not Moses done this, his chosen one, he stood in the breach before him to turn away his wrath from destroying them. Intercession matters. I don't know if you know this, but did you you know uh, Jewish folk in Israel can actually fax in their prayers to the the wailing wall? Did you know that? Yeah. You can do that. And I think many of us, treat prayer the same way. Um, we expect someone else to do it, but God is calling us to intercessory prayer. I could go through a whole list here. I don't have time. But I'll read you Hebrews 7.25 that says, Hence also, he is able to save for forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. You know who... Who the writer here is talking about? Jesus. The ultimate intercessor is Jesus, who is constantly living in intercession at the right hand of the Father for you. Paul wanted to be clear. Look at verse three. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. So I had a conversation with with, um, some folks the other night, and they, well, can I be honest with you? So they were a few, I think they were a few drinks in, okay? So I get these calls sometimes. They were a few drinks in, very talkative. And so they had some questions about faith, really good questions about faith. And the one fella is trying to make sense of it all. He said, once I can understand it, I'll believe it. And this very scripture came to my mind. It still is mysterious to me how he could save me. It's still mysterious. This mysterious plan concerning Christ And you see what Paul is asking them to intercede for, that God would give them more opportunities to what? To tell the gospel. You know where Paul is writing this letter from? Prison. He even mentions his chains. He's chained up writing this letter to the Colossian church. And you know what he's asking for? Not for less chains. Not to be out of prison. (laughs) You know what he says? Oh, would you would pray, would you intercede that I might tell one more person? Now just look at your life. Just let the word of God lay on you for just a moment. Here is Paul in prison, begging not for deliverance, but begging for the deliverance of people. Have you ever stopped to think that your prayers might not be answered because you've got bad motives? That may be too real for you this morning. But I'm telling you, check your motives. Check your motives when you pray. Why are you praying the things you're praying? And honestly, Paul wanted their prayers to be in accordance with God's will Not simply after the greedy desires of someone who's living in this world. His motives were different. So let me ask you this question. I wrote this question down. How many of our prayers are directed at the expansion of his eternal kingdom rather than the expansion of our petty kingdom? If you were to chronicle your prayer life, take a moment. If you were to chronicle your prayer life, how selfish would it look? I'm going to let you sit under that one for a second. Howard Hendricks, uh, who taught at Dallas Theological Seminary for years, pastored in the area. He he told this story. I thought it was cool. Years ago in a church in Dallas, we were having trouble finding a teacher for a junior high boys class. The list of prospects had only one name. And when they told me who it was, I said, you've got to be kidding. (laughs) Have you ever... Not joined a Sunday school class because you knew who was teaching it. <laughs> okay, that's a bad joke. Okay, but I couldn't have been more wrong about that young man. He took the class and revolutionized it. I was so impressed, I invited him to my home for lunch and asked him the secret of his success. He pulled out a little black book. On each page, he had a small picture of one of the boys. And under the boy's name were comments like having trouble with arithmetic, or comes to church against parents' wishes, or would like to be a missionary someday and doesn't think he has what it takes. This old pastor of this church said, I pray, this, this, this guy teaching the Sunday school class said, I pray over these, those pages every day, and I can hardly wait to come to church each Sunday to see what God has been doing in their lives. We must pray for others. I cannot imagine where my life might be had it not been for the people who have prayed and encouraged me. Prayed for and encouraged me. And I can honestly tell you that prayer, hear hear me, prayer really works. It really works. The band wants to come. I'm going to get ready to close. And we're going to take some time to pray this morning. We were going to have a prayer walk around the building. It's a little drizzly outside, so we're going to save that for later. Um, One thing I am going to be rolling out next week is a 21-day prayer and fasting for our church. If you've never prayed, you've never fasted, it's something God calls us to as Christians. We're going to do this corporately uh, next Sunday. We'll have prayer guides and fasting guides for you for 21 days. Um, and so I want us and our prayers to drastically change in 2021. I want to see God move in 2021, like He moved in 2020. You realize God didn't stop moving because of the pandemic. He's not laid off. He is working and moving actively on on our behalf and for his glory. Five things very quickly that happen when we pray. Five things that happen. So, when we get this prayer thing right, we pray with persistence and and we pray with passion and we pray uh, interceding and praying with thankfulness. This is what happens. Prayer internalizes the burden. As we pray, we begin to become aware of how God might use us to answer prayer. <laughs> you know, one of the funnest things about being a pastor is, you have people come up to you and say, hey, you know, pastor, we really should be doing this. I've seen it. I see a need here. And then I say, well, maybe... The Lord's calling you to it, brother or sister. Oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't wanna do it. I just, I just, hear me. When you start praying, God will start showing you how you're gonna be a part of it. It deepens our ownership of the burden and our partnership with God. Number two, prayer forces us to wait. How many of you like waiting? area one in here. Part of praying is always waiting for God. John MacArthur said, there's a tension between boldness and waiting on God's will. That tension is resolved by being persistent yet accepting God's answer when it finally comes. Instead of getting frustrated with God because it's not on your schedule, prayer forces us into God's timetable." There's a, there's a song uh-huh, the chorus, the last line of the chorus says, even when God's four days late, he's still on time. It's not your timetable, it's his. Number three, prayer opens our spiritual eyes. It enables us to see what God is doing, to see the things we were blinded to without prayer that's because prayer is communication we speak to God God answers us speaking to us and showing to us I would encourage you to in your prayer time as we start praying and fasting next week pray and then wait read some scripture listen to some worship music spend some time in prayer and wait for God to answer you'd be surprised how he might. Number four, it aligns our heart with God's heart. Number five, prayer enables us to move forward. So let me ask you some questions. What does your prayer life look like this morning? Are you persistent in prayer Are your prayers passionate or lazy? Are they filled with intensity and fervor or are they weak, timid, and lacking faith? What about gratitude? How much time have you spent thanking God for all he has done for you? And here's a big question who are you praying for? Is there anyone in your life that you are praying will get saved? Are you praying for missionaries overseas? Is there a burden on your heart to see God's kingdom expand and to see his will be done? We need to take stock of our prayer lives today. It is transformative. You will look different, and I can assure you the God we pray to is a God who hears, who understands, and he wants to hear from you. As they worship this morning, I encourage you to con- to start praying. Maybe get you a prayer book. Each date, I, I I have several dates in here where it's got specific prayer requests, but I have right here my constants. These are people I pray for every every time I get to spend some alone time with the Lord. Of course, I've got Kirsten and Macy and McKinley and. My mom and dad, and uh, Keith and Jill and Chris, and my sister's uh, husband, Greg, Pam, Luke, Larry, Becky, the Walls Clan, Peyton Clan, my the Jefferson side of my family. I've got Jeremy, Candon, Casey, and Connor Campbell in here, Nick and Carmen and Holland, Woody, Sandra, Charles, Trudy, Robbie, Patricia. I have a list of all my deacons here. Ian, Alyssa, Peggy, Lisa, Corey. I pray for our church. I pray for our local churches. Thrive and Motivation and Ascend in Vertical and Oak Grove and Kingsland. Middle District Baptist churches, the church at large. I pray for our government and its leaders. Grace Home Ministries, Ascend Outreach. And right here, kingdom expansion. That God would use me. That God would give me just another chance to share the gospel with someone. May God take our prayer lives to a new level in 2021. Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.